To catch a poet, you must be a poet. To kill, therefore, we are... Damn straight. Hit the theme music. Right. That was more philosophy than it was poetry, but hey, I feel that, you know, Descartes is, you know, just all around us. Descartes? Descartes! <laughs> that was a mature joke. Welcome, dear listener Hello, readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. Here, the conversation's always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on the words on the page. It's always on Latin American authors. It's always on camaraderie. It's always on, I'm wondering if that really heavy bass, uh, heavy music right now from the street can be picked. Up. It's part of our theme song, Daniel. Let it flow. Is it part of the theme song? Yeah. All right. I'm so curious if that'll be paid. I don't think it will. No, it's fine. I mean, that's fine. I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. We're a rough and tumble. Listeners, this is the only <laughs> explicit literature podcast mm. on all of iTunes and Stitcher. Gabriel, we'll introduce ourselves in a moment. I don't know that's true. I like saying I'm sure we're not. Gabriel, yeah, uh, we'll introduce ourselves in a moment, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you've yeah. been saying that pretty frequently. Is that going to be our new uh, branding? That, I think so. <laughs> that we are an explicit book club podcast? Yes, mostly because of the fact that you and I are complete like milk toast dudes who just like shouting bits at each other and occasionally cursing. Yeah. While talking about the works of L.M. Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. We, we curse a lot when we're talking about fucking yeah. Anne of Green fucking gables i know overdue is in a bunch of like foul-mouthed dudes oh overdue like they're like oh man they're a bunch of cowards you know you know they're cowards you know, that's what they are they're pitching that show being like guys we, we gotta eventually be accepted on the npr yeah i don't i don't uh, they're crazy fight us guys fight us also, we want to start a rivalry with you i'm a big fan of your show that's it uh-huh. I'm sorry, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Gabriel, not. who and what are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every ah. now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer. And if you catch me in the right time, the moon is full, you'll see me tending the bar. Mm. Co-host, who are you? Did you know that there's a breed of, like, giant rabbits in, like, South America? The Lipus. Uh, I don't know if that... Well, they're called, like... I don't... Like, I'm, I'm assuming they go by different names. But, like, on Wikipedia, its name was, like, something long and technical and then Mara. That's fun. Yeah. And they look, they're huge. Like, you see a picture of them, you're like, that's all right. Then you see them, like, in, like, a zoo, and you're just like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. They're giant. They look like, um, like, almost like capybara size, almost. Cool. Well, not that, but those things are huge. I'm Daniel Gonzalez. Totally. <laughs> and I'm uh, an America's audio producer. Yes, editor, you are. And a writer. Fuck off, Ira Glass. Of fiction. More like Ira ass. Suck my Ira dick. Ira glass hole. Again, we're the only, yeah, the only explicit. badass, explicit <laughs> literature podcast out there. We're two tough guys. Tough spelled T-U-F-F. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a reference to something? Well, yeah, it's kind. Of, I think it's like a like bad dudes it might be like a like a classic arcade beat 'em up. I I, I I guess so. I think it's like right a, into us, ma- game fans. Maybe a British thing. Could whatever. be. But that said, um, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, let's get right into it. We have you a... didn't actually introduce yourself, by the way. I did when you were yelling things just there. Oh, really? I said Daniel Gonzalez, America's member, America's audio producer. I don't no, know oh, okay, no, I didn't hear that part. Let's <laughs> just let you just heard. You just heard the error. <laughs> yes, I love that at that. All right. Uh, no, I said it in there. Regardless, cool. you know what? Even if I didn't say it, leave him guessing. Sure, I'm delirious. Uh, you're delirious right now. Well, no, I like I got to bed last night at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. and uh, I took like a weird, short, very disorienting nap before I read the story for today. Nice. Yeah. Perfect mindset for it. <laughs> yeah, really. It was heavy. Uh, Gabriel? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, we have a thing to read. We do? Gabriel? We did. We're reading a selection. Let me say that on mic. We're reading uh-huh. a selection uh-huh. uh, from Nazi literature in the Americas by my boy, 
Bobby Bolano. <laughs> in American, known as Bob Boland. Bob, Bol- Bob Bolano. There you go. Bolano. Uh, yes. And Gabriel, we read uh, the actual, we read the final selection from this. Uh, the Well, the the actual section is called the infamous Ramirez Hoffman. Sure. Uh, specifically, this is on Carlos, Carlos Ramirez, Ramirez Hoffman. Hoffman. I'll explain what this book is in a moment, but yeah. I, Please I, do, because um, I feel like I didn't know what I was reading. Yeah. Well, like kind of getting into this. It, it's different, and it's hard to explain, and I kind of want to explain. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the author, and then a little bit about what this book is. And also, It might have benefited me to read an introduction. It does. Or a, or a first chapter. It doesn't, it doesn't. To be honest, like, there is, and there is isn't. Is none in that edition? What? No, I don't know if there's actually an introduction. Actually, one second. Is there an introduction? I don't know. No, there's no introduction here. Huh. It just begins. That's very Bolaño of him. Yeah. Well, like, uh, yeah, no. Okay, so let's, let's, let's take a step back. So this is a story. Uh, this is a story in a book. By uh, Roberto Bolaño. Let me tell you some things about Roberto Bolaño. Please do, Daniel. Uh, do you know anything about him? Um, next to nothing. Okay. Uh, how much have you read of him? I read the first half of Savage Detectives, which mm. I was really enjoying. I, you know, I was in like a like in a wild Latin American reader phase in my mid twenties, mm-hmm. and I was really enjoying it. And then, for as often as I do with many things, for literally no reason, I stopped. Okay. I might have bought another book I was more interested in, or but I just put it down, never finished it. But and, I loved that first half. Yeah, Savage Detectives is also really long, and also I imagine like the timing of that would have been perfect. Like it would have been your thing. Mm-hmm. L- let me tell you about. Roberto Bolaño Avalas, Avalas. One second, I'm trying to read my 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 text from a distance. I can't tell if that's an A or an O. Put on your glasses. Avalos. That's his, ac- his actual last name or his second last name. Spell it. Uh, he was a novelist, a short story writer, journalist, activist, poet, essayist, and Trotskyist. Sure. So okay, so he was born in Chile. He's a Chilean author. He was born in 1953. When he was 15, he moved to Mexico City. Hmm. In Mexico City, he dropped out of school possibly expelled sure. <laughs> and started working immediately i don't know immediately uh as a journalist and was active in left-wing political causes this guy this guy left-wing political causes if, if you can imagine this guy kind of being like like a huge activist kind of dude mm-hmm. i mean okay so he returned to chile in 1973 to quote help build the revolution um he supported democratic socialist salvador allende uh who at that point in chile because also i'm kind of like gonna get into like a little bit of chilean history chill which i'm sure everyone a lot of north americans u.s people know which you all should know frankly speaking yeah, we all should know get out of your your eurocentric bubble dudes yeah guys come on dudes but yeah there was like a really popular kind of like leftist government going on right now i think it's called like united something rather people airlines um which unfortunately ended during a coup a united states backed coup oh boy one of those big surprise uh, and right winger dinger uh, Augusto Pinochet uh, uh, basically took power. Uh, he ruled Chile for 17 years. Yeah. He uh, was very right now. I mean, he's it's a really dark history in South American uh, uh, history because he imprisoned, tortured, executed thousands of leftists, socialists and his political critics. Yeah, guys, I don't know. how. <laughs> I'm sure you're smart people. You listen to a literature podcast for fun. So, you know, let's let us continue to spread the good word of America has a long, long history of displacing foreign governments for our own nefarious needs, be it political, such as pushing out communism, or um, economical, such as trying to get oil. So... We've done some gnarly, gnarly shit. Yeah, and uh, no, and like the like greatest density of that kind of like intrusions is in like Central and Southern America. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Like like the Dominican Republic, we yeah. we put in power one of the most ruthless and awful like tyrants in the history of like man. Oh, totes. And here again, we put in we put in like Pinochet in power. Um, also, uh, 
yeah, anyway, so. Papa Doc much? We can go on, we can go on that for a while. Let's go on. Uh, Bologna himself was detained after this coup for eight days sure. uh, in 1973. He was never tortured, although he heard people tortured. And he was, uh, unfortunately, kind of, like, bailed out because, like, t- uh, some of, like, the prison guards were his former classmates. That sounds so much like a, like like someone trying to trump up his experience. No, like I... Like, Gus, I, I wasn't tortured, <laughs> but I definitely had friends who were. Well, no, it's, it's, it's both, like, he was very... Actually, I trimmed that down to save time because it was a really nice pass where he said, like, I wasn't tortured. I heard people torture. And I had I was basically like the whole time just kind of like nervous and sleepless. And the only thing I had to read was an English language magazine where the only interesting thing was uh, on a house uh, that was previously owned by Dylan Thomas. Sure. Which is like the most Bologna thing you do. It's like, yeah, no, people are being tortured and killed. And I was over there reading a fucking magazine on the goddamn house of Dylan Thomas. I dig it. Um, But no, but that's it. To be honest, he actually does. Uh, there are claims apparently of him kind of like talking up some of the things that had happened to him because uh, his early years are kind of like like they're like people aren't sure if he's talking up things if he actually was sure. there if did he's he, not talking about the crazy things did he that come he did. from money daniel no i don't think so hmm. why i was curious okay i don't he traveled a lot i mean we're sure. gonna okay speaking of which um, you, know, like, like, you, you meet all these latin american authors you wonder if they came from any kind of money or white education yeah like um like i don't know like yeah. i don't even know this i'm not sure if marquez came from money i don't think he did I don't, to be honest, I'm not too sure about him. There, there, I'll get to some, like, kind of like a, let me let me actually go on because uh, sure. we could talk a little bit about some of, like, the getting I deny you're right. So, uh, Bolaño didn't fit in with Chile. Okay. Uh, especially as, like, an adult and whatnot. Um, he was an outspoken critic of uh, what, what, what might be referred to as, like, members of the literary establishment at the time or okay. throughout, like, the 80s, which included particularly uh, Isabella Allende, a fil- uh, fellow Chilean author. Sure. Uh, who's very well known. She, like, was awarded the, the what do you call it, uh, the President Obama or gave her some shit in like 2014 sure. or something. She's definitely not to be confused with Julia Alvarez, which I do <laughs> all the time in my head. Now I actually really don't know anything about Alvarez then. Um, She wrote, what's it called? In the Time of the Butterflies, which is a gorgeous book. Okay. All about the execution of the Mirabal sisters. All right. And uh, and it's it's basically like, it's not just like solely Bolaño. Like it was like, it, like basically a lot of like, like, like literary people in like Chile and for especially being like, yeah, she's like the whatever. She's the James Patterson of our country. Sure, that's really funny. Uh, but she wrote a Zorro book. She wrote a Zorro, she wrote a Zorro book and I'm actually really interested in that. Zorro. Uh, Bolaño returned to Mexico in 1974 so he didn't stay in Chile very long. Sure. Uh, and became an outspoken terror in the publishing world. Okay. Uh, despite not being well known. Uh, this all ties together with his personality as basically being like putting it nicely like an unapologetic disruptor. Okay. Uh, you could Call it negative things, depending on how you feel about him. Sure. But uh, and also during this whole time, again, he, he wasn't well known. Um, as a child, here's a really fun thing. As a child, he would often correct and talk back to teachers. Uh, one teacher told his father, your son is right, but tell him not to say so in front of others because it makes the teacher look ridiculous. Ha. So he's like that kind of guy sure. uh, as a young person. I mean, uh, c- compare his personal profile to someone like today. Like yeah. if, if he was out there like shouting out the literati. A crazy person on Twitter, probably. <laughs> oh, okay. But, like, someone who, like, knows what he's talking about, but, like, you want to be like, dude, I'm, yeah, dude, all right, chill, chill man. <laughs> okay. Also, yeah, because he is a bohemian poet at this point gotcha. for all of his life. All right. Moving on. Uh, in 1977, he moved to Spain, where he eventually got married. Up until this point, like, again, he was just, like, a bohemian poet who never cared about money. Mm-hmm. Um, from 1981 uh, to the end of his life, he lived in a Catalan beach town named uh, Blanath, if I'm pronouncing that exactly right. Uh, during this time, Blanath. he worked... He worked as a dishwasher, campground custodian, bellhop, and garbage dis- uh, disposal collector. <laughs> <laughs> they put it right in his mouth. He chewed it right up. Which is which is cool because I heard like the story where apparently like he was like a dishwasher up until like the end of his days. 
<clears throat> uh, when his son was born in 1990, he realized that he could responsibly support his family if he published fiction. Cool. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, his first novel, The Skating Rink, was published in 1993. It's been said that his most important books are 1997's short story collection, Last Evenings on Earth, 1998's The Savage Detectives, 2000's By Night in Chile, and 2004's Posthumous, 2066. Bolaño died in 2003. Uh, from liver failure after a long sickness, at the time of his death, he was actually third in line to receive an organ. Oh, wow. Um, his final interview was given to the Mexican edition of Playboy, where he described himself as a Latin American, although, quote, my only country is my two children and wife, and perhaps, though, in second place, some moments, streets, faces, or books that are in me. Okay. Uh, it must be noted that all English language versions of his books uh, were were and are currently being released posthumously. None of them were available during his lifetime. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, his first English language translation was By Night in Chile, which came out at the end of 2003, the year that he died. Mm. Um, and basically the 2007 English uh, language release of The Savage Detectives and 2008's release of 2666 basically like made him an international success. Yeah. Uh, and both books were translated by Natasha Wimmer, and uh, they won lots of awards. Good job, uh, Tosh. His books like continue to still be released posthumously, like discovered and whatnot, including *The Spirit of Science Fiction*, *What Was the True Policeman*, and *The Third Reich*. So, what was his deal with Nazis? He he has like this. In- okay, also a lot of his stories kind of connect with one another. Sure. Uh, a Nazi Marvel get- style. Yeah, kind of Marvel style, exactly. I was going to say, like, William Faulkner style, but yeah, okay. Yeah, You're, Marvel style. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he has, well, like, Latin America has a very interesting relationship with, like, right-wing politics. Like, you had, like, Pinochet, who was, like, one, one literally a Nazi, but, like, he was, like, whatever the Chilean equivalent of that. Sure, might as well have been. Uh, and also you had, like, actual, you know... Like Nazis, the actual had Nazis who fled like the the fall of uh, yeah. the Third Reich and moved there and whatnot. The boys from Brazil. Um, and he just has it's like this this grotesque thing you can constantly refer back to as to like refer to as just like this like strangeness and evil that's just in your country someplace. Okay. Um, but that said, so Gabriel, we're reading basically what is the final entry in Nazi literature in the Americas. Yes. And the story that we read, which was on a Ramirez Hoffman is actually vastly different from the rest of the book. And I didn't okay. realize that going in. Okay. Um and but I read this and I was like, actually, yeah, let's go for it. But the only but like there's no real let me give you the only real like like uh context going into this is that Nazi liter- Nazi literature in America's is basically like a a very like it's a joke basically and the joke is kind of in the title as well. It is uh and I didn't really understand this as well because a lot of the things that he wrote, including like Savage Detectives, 2066, and probably a lot of other things, all involve like art criticism, like the literary world, uh, like diehard like poets. Mm-hmm. And like clearly that's like where his past was. Um, sure. Uh, one way to nicely describe uh, this book, Nazi Literature in America's, is that he's basically writing about like the mediocre and failures of of like his like leftist friends like he grew up in this world but he's painting them as nazis okay and like in a kind of like perverse joke way um this is like a book that is entirely and we can get into this when we talk about what happens in the book as well uh there is a narrator like it's invisible for most of the book but you start to see like kind of like little bits of it there is this beautifully like there's a subtext of just passive aggression towards all the people that, that he's writing about who are okay. Nazis. Sure. So like someone's career will be summed up. Like they failed, they had some minor success and then they died and he'll make some kind of like offhanded, like, like 
you know, like insult to like basically the whole thing about how they're just they're forgotten. Okay. And that's a lot of this book. Um, I was actually toying the idea about whether or not to tell you it's like, no, like read like a couple stories. But I usually, yeah, usually you tend not to like when I, when I go like, also read this story well. You're like, no, I, well, okay. so let me, let me yeah. put it this way, not to interrupt you in okay. the whole train. No, go ahead. Let me tell you the, the very, very fun tale of trying to get our dear friend Ryan Snyder to watch The Venture Brothers. Okay. The Venture <laughs> Brothers is a wonderful TV show made on Adult Swim about um, uh, two young boys who are basically um, Johnny Quest style kids. Mm-hmm. You requ- it's an incredibly esoteric show that's very deep, that has a deep lore that relates very much deeply into counterculture, into history for the past, like, five decades. Mm-hmm. The very worst way to get into the <laughs> Venture Brothers is to show random clips from the Venture Brothers. Yes. Or to watch a single episode out of context. Yeah. Because... You do not get what is happening. You don't know what to brace yourself for. Uh-huh. And the flavor makes no sense. Yeah, totally. That's not exactly what I did here. I don't think so. That's what happened to Ryan Snyder, which was very unfortunate because I know he would have loved it. Yeah, no, he totally would have loved that. He would have loved it. Yeah. But that... he, had, he had buds who were like, this was not me, by the way, who yeah. were like, watch this funny YouTube clip. <laughs> so, <laughs> that kind yeah, of thing. Um, so my sensation upon reading this uh-huh. was very much, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. What am I? What am I reading? What's actually happening? Um, okay, that's cool. That's funny. <laughs> Was that supposed to be funny? What's this about? Oh, okay. I'm sure this is good, but I don't get it. Okay. That, that's the total? Oh, no, that's all okay. yeah. That's, that's, that's my, 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 my initial reaction to it. Okay. So, Daniel, I want to ask you yes. to help elucidate me. Yeah. What is, what did you first hear of Bolaño? What do you like about Bolaño and why this book? Um, I, the first thing I remember, I remember in t- 2008 when 2666 was released mm-hmm. and that shit was like everywhere. I got a huge release. It really did. It was um, huge. And again, like Savage Detectives was a big deal and that was released the year before. Mm-hmm. So like publishers were just like, well, just you wait. We got this other really big book coming out next year. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like it was a huge success- sensation. I remember hearing this. Uh, we had an old friend, uh, George, um, who was like super into Bolaño and he was like really like, raving about like how awesome he is. And I picked up 2066 and like a lot of the things I, and I, I again, I also haven't read too many of things that he's written. Sure. Um, I own Savage Sex. I, haven't fucking I mean, picked I mean it how much of it has been fully translated and released here in the States? Uh, I, well, most of his like fully released books that were in Spanish. It's like, been 15 years, it, it almost has, 20 years. It has been 15 years. Like, uh, like I think all of his novels were released like in the next like 10 years or so after he died. Yeah. But like, but like I said, like there's still like posthumous books that like people would be like, Hey, here's an early draft of Savage Detectives. Let's publish yeah, it. Sure. Um, but that said, uh, no, I've read in like all of his story, all of his stuff is like usually kind of like weird and awkward to get into in the beginning because, um, he rattles off fucking names that like you have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. In every single thing that I've read from his Venture Brothers. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know if they're real or not. Like a lot of them are. They a lot of them are be. real. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I recognize I, like many of them. But yeah, I I never quite understood it. For me, it's almost like it's almost like this one. I, I, he's been described to by a bunch of people, and and like I would describe especially this book because it is a fictional bibliography of writers who aren't real uh-huh um is that like that's such a meta way to start as it is yeah like that's, go on that's what it is and that's essentially what the entire book is except for this last story which is a full-on short story yeah so that's like what i mean like I, I was thinking like there is like this is what the book is the last story is actually not that it's actually an entirely like self-contained story mm-hmm. um about a particular person who is an awful person sure <laughs> um that uh he is a serial killer yeah who is a actual who's an actual serial killer unlike the other ones who usually aren't that ex- you know they're nazis but they're not like that 
Sure. Uh, so yeah, they're like that wormy dude who um like the what's it what's that what's that I'm trying to phrase what's um that? Uh, the banality of evil. Uh, Eichmann. Is that right? Was that Eichmann? I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you, you 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 did a book insight on it. Yeah, I, I did that. Um, I think that I believe that was Eichmann. We're basically, uh, you know, speaking of which, there's a a uh, this description. There's a full length essay on 2666 that kind of that tends to describe the kind of like horror in Bologna stories, and the title of that was uh. In a desert of wait no it's a sorry excuse me it's a it's an oasis of horror in a desert of boredom. That's a very cool way to put that. So there so this is these are stories about mediocre people who have genuine lives. Some some are awful. Some are like sympathetic, and but like and like and then they just kind of come and go. And then there's sudden fucking moments of just like extreme grotesque like horror. Yeah, that like happens, and it's just like, and it's shocking, yeah. and, and and there's yeah. elements of like of a, a existential horror, yeah. like the entire photograph thing in the story. Yeah, which is pretty, which is pretty fucking terrifying. I gotta be honest, yeah. that was really fucking rough. We'll get man. back to that. Um. So yeah. So like. So why did you pick this book of all things? Like, I you you'd heard of it when it came out, twenty sixty six. Yeah. Around that time, and you were like, "This is my guy." Yeah. No. Uh. Twenty six sixty six. Not to get into it because I don't want to talk for like tw- you know, like t- you know about Do like the it! other books and whatnot. No. It's I read this. It was t- kind of difficult to get into. Then you get into this, and then like you know, Gabriel, I always piss and whine about like whenever we had to read a long book. That's a very long book. And I like I I remember the like kind of like racing through it because like once it kind of caught into you get it but um no I I yeah he's like I he does that thing that only Latin uh, uh, authors tend to do and like it's really fantastic I don't even know necessarily how to describe it like it this feels so kind of unfamiliar the way he tells stories um like you know we we referred to Borges talking about him but I feel like in the culture Borges isn't so singular like oh yeah that guy who does that only thing it's probably yeah. like a culture of things. the guy wrote like 50 words like 500 words about the wagon like wheel yeah yeah essentially did he yeah that's okay. the first thing I read of his we talked <laughs> oh. about that in our Borges episode okay I don't remember that was like years ago right pretty much all right but no um now that I say like no I I, I read it uh I don't want to get into like all the it, it is a complex it is it is dark it is strange and um I've never read anything quite like it um, even Borges, I wouldn't say would be like Borges is a little more like I don't know. Well, we've only read a short story or two between us on it, so yeah. that's it. Okay, so enough history on Bolaño. Gabriel, tell us what happens in the infamous Ramirez Hoffman. Daniel, not to make you talk more, okay. how about you tell me what happens in this story? Okay, <laughs> because that was entirely my point earlier. I'm like. You had told me this is a fictional bibliography yes. of Nazis in South America. Yes. And I was like, okie dokie. Uh-huh. And I'm reading this thing and I, I, I feel like someone like told me, I watched again an episode of something, mm-hmm. a random episode of a show and it's a great show, but I don't know what this is. Okay. And like, and again, like you're expecting like all these people to be like hard Nazis. A lot of them tend to be like just like ultra right wing, but like secretly. But okay. like that that's because like there doesn't seem to be a huge connection between this story and Nazis at all, right? Yeah, they're not there's not. There, there basically isn't. There's except... only like two lines where it's like and he was committed in his pledge against fighting communism. Yeah. And also and like, oh, he's flying a Luftwaffe plane. <laughs> yeah, which is which is which is bizarre. Or like, yeah, weirdly okay. So this is what happens. This is a story about Ramirez Hoffman, who basically in the beginning we find him like in like like a like a poet workshop essentially, and we follow along like these it's two Emilio Stevens. These two sisters. Thank you for the name. I didn't remember it. Um, and basically, uh, it's not described in any way, but, ba- uh, strangely he, d- he vanishes and then comes back 
Uh, he stays with like his old girlfriend and her sister and then kills the woman watching them and invites two people in. And like, it's just basically kind of like referred to that, like they, you know, they killed him and whatnot. And then basically the, uh, the revolution I talked about where Pinochet overthrew the leftist government happens. People are killed. People are detained. There's a coup. There's a fictional, uh, uh, the fictional narrator throughout this whole thing, who's just called Bologna shows up, mm-hmm. um, and describes that basically when all these people who are incarcerated, uh, like look up and someone's writing poetry in the sky, doing some skywriting. Yeah, skywriting poetry, and like some crazy person is death like, is cleansing. Is like is like looking up and saying like, oh, look at this and whatnot, and which is like really almost the only connection between this and Nazism at all, or is it? I don't know. Like in 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 this, it's like described as like it, you know like Nazis and being like this kind of like existential dread, this thing seeping under like the culture. Uh, for people who know what I'm talking about, like in 2066 with the femicides. Um, not going to get into it. I know it's a huge thing, but sure. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, lo- long story short, uh, he he becomes. I'm not even too sure exactly. He gets like kind of popular, and whatnot. Then he invites everybody to like this kind of performance art where he does like this kind of failed like skywriting thing where he writes out an entire poem, but no one's really paying attention or can read what he's saying. Bad weather. And then basically he goes like, "Here's a room. I have the photo- ph- photography displayed. Come in one at a time." We're not told what's in there or what the photographs are on, but people come in and they come out violently, like shaken and sick, and nobody knows how to nextly react. My assumption is that um he photographed the murders of the yeah, Maria and Magdalena. He did, and basically, and he displayed it as art and whatnot. And he said specifically, "This is the future of art. Everyone come into this room one at a time." Yes. A woman vomits. A man is filled with rage. Yeah. yeah. People like everyone's saying like, "Should we arrest him?" But like nobody seems to do anything. Yes. Um. Then he kind of like vanishes, and people think that he's dead. And then here the story kind of takes a completely different turn a little bit. We start following the the narrator, who's only referred to again as Bolano, mm-hmm. who gets contacted by by a private uh, a detective random super detective who just goes listen Holmes, like 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 Chilean's or Sherlock Holmes shows up out of nowhere he shows up out of nowhere and he goes like I don't even remember his name I need a um, Romero Romero thank you that's right yeah how can you I need a poet that? to catch a poet he literally says that yeah it's like okay dude um and basically like yeah then they go hunting for him there's like some kind of exp- there's like they briefly go into like these I don't remember they're called like these like brutalist or savage kind of people who like make an art out of like destroying work like beautiful works of literature like literally yeah. Shitting on them and such, pissing on Stendhal. But like, basically, like they kind of figure out where Hoffman had gone. Yeah, he made porn for a little while. He made porn. Apparently, that was his thing. Um, and then basically at the end, uh, the the detective's like, "Hey, he lives here. Stay here. Point him out to me because you know what he looks like." Uh, and our our uh, uh, protagonist sees him and sees that he's just become like this like kind of like plain older man. Mm-hmm. And in this last moment, no, like having suspicions, like you're gonna kill him, aren't you? Like that's your job. Um, he feels like weirdly like, like, no, he's, he's a harmless man. Just let him go. And like this weird kind of like moment of like, like he sympathizes with this horrible person who's straight Nazi up, sympathizing straight up this, this Nazi, this, no, what? He's a sympathizer. Nazi sympathizer. He's also a zero killer too. Yeah. Sure. No, he's a lot of horrible things, but he sees him as just basically being like this old man. And he almost like says like, like he recognizes like a sense of like, like mediocrity mm-hmm. and whatnot in him and whatever. A flat or, humanity. A flat a like, banality. He, he he almost recognizes that and he just says like just let him go or whatever he begs them and then but we don't necessarily know what happens we assume that he actually does get killed offhand yeah Romero says like hey sit on this bench I'll be right back and Bologna says please don't kill him he's yeah. harmless now and Romero says you don't know that yeah he goes away comes back 20 minutes later carrying an envelope and says hey here's your money yeah, and then they just then they just go their separate ways. Yep. Yeah, and that's the end of the thing. And the epilogue's called an epilogue for monsters. Hmm. And that's yeah, no, that's what happens. 
Cool. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Would it be would it be uh, any surprise that I would say that the next novel he put out was an was an expanded version of this, which was turned into a novel. <laughs> Of this story? Of this exact story. Okay, what, what's the novel? The novel is basically, it is the is the story about basically like a, uh, a private detective, who by the way is Arturo B, uh, who is the main one of the main characters in Savage Detectives, mm. who gets contacted and saying, hey, look, we need to, we're like, uh, I'm looking for this guy. And it's like the back history of uh, Hoffman. All the names are changed. It's not Hoffman anymore. But yeah, no, it's just like a short novelized version of this. That's cool. It is the detective story of, hey, a a mediocre poet starts looking for a poet who's also a serial killer and possibly a Nazi sympathizer and whatnot. Okay. And like, it's a detective story. Sure. So yeah, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Feelings on, on this story. Um, boy, there's just, there's just so much. Uh, I, I feel so. How do I put this? For once, I feel like I wish you had told me to read the whole thing. Okay. Instead of just this story, I was I I wanted to kind of like read like a couple. Stories. I, I would have grit my teeth okay. and made my way through it, and I would have appreciated it as a whole. Okay. And then I would have put a completely selfish pick on you afterwards in retaliation. All right. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm for all I know, I would have loved this book as a whole mm-hmm. because like. Having heard you explain it now, mm-hmm. I probably would have enjoyed the story much more. I deliberately did no research before reading the short story. Okay. And I feel like I, I, <clears throat> if this was a hilarious, brutal, cutting, sharp satire, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was just a lot of highly stylized as plain, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It, Imagine yeah. someone trying to write like Lovecraft on purpose yeah. in order to hit you. That's actually a really great way to kind of describe like again like this one reads more like a regular short like a short fiction. Yeah. The other ones are 100% like they are supposed to read like a bibliography. Mm. And yeah, they do have like like not bibliography style writing a storytelling or whatever, but like but yeah, no it is supposed to re- uh, read like that. Yeah, um, the, the premise is fascinating. Okay. It's, it's a great idea. That's it. No, that's it. Actually, I really wanted to do it, and I was thinking like, eh, I want to bug him. He's gonna. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, we Daniel and I have a big project coming up, so we're trying to rejigger the show. So <laughs> uh-huh. I, I kind of wish you'd made me read the whole thing. It's okay. not that thick, and I no, would have got into a rhythm because is... it was too yeah. short for me to get a true rhythm going. Yeah, and like, um, I I went into this cycle reading this story where I'd be something violent or interesting would happen, mm-hmm. and I'd be attentive, attentive, and then. I would read three pages with my eyes slowly falling down mm-hmm. and then something interesting would happen again and then my eyes would slowly fall down again. Then mm-hmm. it was over. Yeah. It, 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 it's, there was something deeper going on here that I don't know. Okay. Um, I interrupted you. What were you saying? No, no, uh, no, no, I forgot what I was saying. No, I was going to say, <laughs> um, there is, there is a story I, I kind of, I was thinking like, oh, read this story. This is a good Summarization and let me read something to you. And, oh my goodness! This is and I. I'm sorry. Are we going on really long? By the Do way? it as Kermit. No, we're for fun. Okay, good. I feel because mainly I feel like I've been talking for eighty percent of this. I feel like I've been talking That's for fine. the longest time. All right, good. Now I'm just gonna talk for an hour more. Uh-huh. Let me read this this thing. I read that this quote was on the Wikipedia page. And do it I, as Kermit. I remember reading. No, don't do it. It's, it's really Kermit. long. Do it's it a as paragraph. you. Yeah, it's it, and like it made me want to like. I was like, I remember reading. It. I went back and read the story, and it's like this really great thing. So th- uh, there is a story on a man named Perez Maison, um, and basically in like the actual bibliography, it just begins at him saying like, oh. And I can't stress enough, like, he's like, he republished this story in 1960. It was not received well. Then he published in quick succession this novel and this novel. Mm-hmm. You know, that stuff is, like, 
not real, of Fake. course. It's yeah. very like Garcia Marquez, where he kind of blends like the f- like the fictional stuff in with the thing. Except, Riata, yeah. except in this, it's not like it's not absurd. It's just it's just like it's mundane. Yeah. Um, and also like very mundane kind of responses to these these novels yeah. that don't exist. Exactly. It's 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 a very like um faux banal approach to something that is very otherworldly. Yeah. And that's kind of like a, the approach to this whole thing, basically. Um, but like basically before this, it's described as like this guy who's like this angry fucking poet, dude. Again, angry not, fucking poet. Uh, dudes. He keeps challenging this one guy to a duel, like a literal duel. And oh. like the first two times, the guy just doesn't show up. And the third time it's at like this literary party that the guy is accidentally there and he quietly manages to slip out. And then the police come and arrest the fucking guy. Cool. And he comes and he gets released. And then this follows uh, basically right after that. And this is like a page of just describing like everything I described. Right? Are you going to read a whole page? No, I'm not going to read just okay. a paragraph. Um, okay. So basically in 1965, he published uh, his, uh, his like fourth book, uh, Poor Man's Soup, which related, quoting, in an irreproachable style where they have Shalakov, the hardships of a large uh, family living in Havana in 1950. Again, Shalakov is apparently a real person. I have no idea who that is. No idea. Now that like Sylvia Plath has mentioned this. I was like, that's a yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Um. The novel comprised 14 chapters. The first began, Lucia was a black woman from. The second, only after serving her father. The third, nothing had come easily for Juan. And the fourth, gradually, tenderly, she drew him towards her. The censor quickly smelled a rat. The first letters of each chapter made up the acrastic, Long live Hitler! A major scandal broke out. Perez Maison defended himself haughtily. It was a simple coincidence. The censors set to work in earnest and made a fresh discovery. The second, I'm sorry, the first letters of each chapter's second paragraph made up the acrostic, this place sucks. And those of the third paragraph spelled USA, where are you? And the fourth paragraph, kiss my Cuban ass. And so, since each chapter, without exception, contained 25 paragraphs, the censors and the general public soon discovered 25 acrostics. Acrostic. Acrostic, thank you. Am I saying it wrong the entire time? Yes, you have. I was hoping I was saying it a different way every time. Acrostic. I screwed up, Perez Misson would say. They were too obvious. If I had made it much harder, no one would have realized. But, like, that is that is a perfect summarization of, like, the kind of, like, dark humor of, like, this whole thing where it's, like, some guy who's not a successful poet and he puts, like, fucking long live Hitler, like, yep. lazily encoded in his book. See, that's very, that's cool. I dig yeah. that. Then, that, like, the book is a lot like this. And a lot of other stories, uh, again, is that, like, you'll follow the, the, the life of, like, this woman who's, like, sad and she's like this woman she, who is sad yeah i know that's a very bad way to describe <laughs> it um like she's she, i think she spends most of her life in love with this other woman but can't actually voice it or she that woman doesn't care for her and she like uh, re- uh publishes her poetry that does very well but she's miserable and like in like the last sentence just like oh and she got really drunk and drove someplace and like crashed into like a gas station and the whole thing blew up and everything like that so Solid. and like you'll actually sympathize with people and then there'll be a line to remind you like oh these are nazis that's right yes <laughs> so like it's it's a strange strange book and mm-hmm. uh yeah, so, so I've been talking for a while, Gabriel. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sorry, should we, yeah, should we go to break and go to the game sure. Well, let me give you a little yeah. bit of a, like, a last counterpoint, okay. slash agreeing with you kind of thing, that, to, to reiterate, like, th- there's, there's such a strange line. You, you, you know, you know those people who read Onion headlines and yeah. are furious because they think they're real? <laughs> okay. Like, that's what I get from reading this first story, where I'm like, I'm reading this, and the whole time I'm, is this fucking insanely pretentious and terrible or is this utterly hilarious 
Because I do not have the context to understand. It's a little bit of both, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little bit. It's <laughs> yeah. potentially a little bit of both. I mean, as you'll see in the game coming up, okay. I like the one thing I know about Bolaño. One thing I know about most poets is that they are very pretentious. Yes, and he is the most pretentious. The very most pretentious. But there's, you know what? And I, and I, I, I mean, a fucking poet is like a broken clock. Is at least right twice a day. Yeah, there's that too. That's that. It's going to be on your gravestone. Hey. Um. But no, much like Brian. Uh, Brian Fuller. Fuller? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Creator saying, of, like, of fuck. What's that? The Monsters Show. Uh, with the mon- Oh, he um, made a monsters pilot. What, what was the, the was street? Good. The street that they're on? Yeah, something lane. Mockingbird Lane. Mockingbird Lane. Ten Mockingbird Lane. Something like that. Ten Mockingbird Lane. Check Ten it out, guys. Lane. It was really good. Um, but no, like uh, also like showrunner of one of my favorite shows ever, Hannibal. Mm. Uh, he made the point. It's like no, it's cool to be pretentious. You just like gotta know it. Like you know, yeah. It, it's like and he proved to the point. It's like you can be pretentious as long as you. And he's Bolaño's one of those dudes. Where it's like everything. If I describe like Savage Detectives, yeah, I don't actually know what it's about. But if I describe Savage Detectives to you, like you'll be like, that sounds utterly pretentious. I'm like, yeah, but it's good. Yeah, but he gets it. Like, he, he gets it. And also, in that book in particular, he's apparently making fun of the poetic movement that he and his friends did when they were both very young. In, yeah. In for realism, by There's the way. There's a lot of context, but that's a great um, segue into my game. But before we do that... Go to break, and I'll throw some break, please. Boom. Welcome back. Hey. Dear listener readers. What's cracking? To slow readers. It's a rum. America's fast-paced literature podcast. And a mythical creature. You said rum, and for some reason, I'm like, my mouth went, muh. <laughs> for America. <laughs> like um, a, a weird, like a, what's that thing when you play a guitar note, another string, like, reverberates? Uh, you go rum. You go, muh. It's called uh, salsa. Salsito. Salsito. Love yeah. it. Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. I believe you have a game for us. Yes, indeed. I made us a nice game. Mm. As I said in the last part, if I know only one thing about Roberto Bolaño besides my really enjoyment of uh, Savage Detectives uh-huh. and that weird kind of strange strain of like a uh, uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky, of like Latin American obsession of the freedom of poetry. Yeah. What is, I, I would love to read more about that, to be honest. It's a fascinating thing. Yeah, that, that culture of that? Yeah. Again, like... It's fascinating. Like, yeah, no, it's... Yeah, all right, sorry. Like ex- like a period of ecstatic poetry among the youth. Ha- yeah. When's the last time that happened in America? You know what? It was supposedly, uh, like, Bologna's was generation... Beats, maybe? Wasn't dissimilar from the Beat generation, actually, mm. literally. In fact, um, the his uh, movement, the inf- infrarealism, which is the name infra-realism? of... Infrarealism? Infrarealism, or infrarealismo, if I, I did not pronounce it right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, like, no, apparently that was described. It's, like, somewhere between, like beatnik poetry and like punk rock poetry you know what i mean all right so yeah i know like i'm uh, like richard hell that guy's a perfect example yeah, yeah okay but so Daniel, well. yes <laughs> i know that bolaño is quite pretentious Ooh. and he quite very possibly deserved all of it it mm-hmm. reminds me of a certain man a certain man of our modern times michael man <laughs> michael man the man <laughs> of our times no it's the other one the one who is in fact a absolute genius but the world hates him because he knows it bono Close. Okay. We're talking about the one and only Kanye West. Oh, so Daniel, snap. This game is called Bolagne. Okay. <laughs> I am going to read you a quote, and you will tell me if it is poet of Chile and Mexico, Roberto Bolaño, okay. or if it is um, American God and rap star, rap, um, great hip hop producer, mm-hmm. Kanye West. I am so looking forward to this. All right. <laughs> Take this, you dead man. Okay. And Ready, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Hit the theme music. Boom. There's no place on earth with more dumb girls per square foot than a college in California. 
Daniel, is that Roberto Bolaño or Kanye West? <laughs> All right. I hope Kanye said that. I, I'm going to vote Kanye, you hoping vote Kanye? it was Kanye. But I feel like this is purposely trying to set me up, trying to trip me up on that set. Okay, me up. okay. So Kanye, let me find the right fact. Okay, it is this one. Oh no, that is Roberto Bolaño. <laughs> oh, Roberto. Once again, to all our dear friends here in California, there's no place on earth with more dumb girls per square foot than a college in California. <laughs> oh, Bolaño. Yeah. Here's your next one, Daniel. Yes. I don't know what's better. Getting laid or getting paid. Is that Kanye or Bolaño? Jesus Christ. All right, I'm going to say Kanye again. <laughs> I hope it's Kanye. <laughs> I'm in your head. Okay. That was Kanye. I, I, want, right. I want to throw those two there just to really knock you off balance. It's like, it's one about dumb girls in California. I'm just like, oh boy, I bet Bolaño said that. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's like getting laid or getting paid. It's like, that fucking better like, oh be Kanye. Oh my God, let's Shit. fucking hope so. There's, I mean... Yeah, I mean, hey, okay. you know, what are you going to say? Okay, so those were two, like, fun softballs. Here's your next one. Also, because I knew that Bologna did not did not care about getting paid. He cared about supporting his... Getting laid, baby! No, he cared about supporting his wife and kids. Oh, my bad. Oh, my <laughs> God <just> damn it. <laughs> oh, keep, keep score, please, Daniel. All right, uh, so one nothing. One nothing. Or one one, actually, let's say. Sure. Okay. How many are there? There are nine. Nine? Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. All right. Okay. Your next quote. Yes. If I were to say what I really think... I would be arrested or shut away in a lunatic asylum. Come on. I'm sure that it would be the same for everyone. Is that Bolaño or Kanye? You know, I was going to say Bolaño up until that last thing. Like, come on, that's what everyone feels. I'm going to say Kanye. Okay. It was a Bolaño quote until that end bit. Okay. That oh. is Roberto Bolaño. Okay. That last bit really threw he me says, off. come on. <laughs> Come on. Like, Isn't Bologna doesn't say come on. Hey, I'm sure it might have been someone's translation. Okay. To okay. be fair. All right. I should do these all in Spanish. Here's your next one. Here's something that's contrary to popular belief. I actually don't like thinking. I think people think I like to think a lot. And I don't. I do not like to think at all. Roberto or West? Jesus Christ, that could really be either of them. It would be more on brand if it was Kanye. Mm-hmm. Kanye has, well, would say something like that. Mm-hmm. I can easily picture that being uh, Bolaño. True. You know what? I'm going to say that's Kanye again. Kanye? Yes. <laughs> All right. Correct, Daniel. That was Kanye West. <laughs> I-, I believe I got three right and two wrong with this point. Yes. Okay. You got the one about getting laid or getting paid for sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here okay. we go. I kept having dreams all night. I thought they were touching me with their fingers. But dreams don't have fingers. They have fists. So it must have been scorpions. Bolaño or West? <laughs> you know, that sounds like something stupid Bolaño would say. So I'm going to say Bolaño. <laughs> <laughs> stupid old Bolaño. <laughs> well done, Daniel. Come on, scorpions don't have fists. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're clamper dampers. <laughs> All right, so Kay. for right to wrong. You're doing great. Okay. Here's your next one. Relatively, yeah. You run risks. That's the plain truth. You run risks, and even in the most unlikely places, you're subject to destiny's whims. Is that Roberto Bolaño or Kanye West? I'm going to say Kanye. <laughs> oh, there's <Whoops>. a ghost! <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make sure the screen didn't go dead. So, what did you say? I said Kanye. <laughs> Kanye? No, oh. Daniel, that is Roberto Bolaño. All right. I was going to say that was, that was oddly um, uh, harmless, let's say. Indeed. Okay. Okay. Cool. So four four right, three wrong so far. Okay. okay. Two more, right? Yep. Um, there's uh, three more. Three more? Did I miscount? Fuck. Oh, boy. I, I Yeah, I have seven. Okay, dumb girls, you got that wrong. I got that wrong. Getting paid, you got that right. Yes. 
Um, Lunatic Asylum, come on. You got that wrong. Okay. Here's something contrary to popular belief. Okay. Uh, what was that one? Did you get that one right? Contrary, where was the whole thing? I don't like to think at all. I guess Kanye. Well, listeners, you tell us. Right <laughs> in. <laughs> Shit. All okay. right. Let's say that I got that wrong. I'll, okay. I'll take that as a wrong one. <laughs> and Dreams, you got the right Scorpions. And the Risks, you got that wrong. Okay. Okay. So, I got four again. Great, <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. I decided to tell the truth, even if it meant being pointed at. Bolaño or West? Oh, God. I'm going to say Kanye. Oh. Incorrect. That is Roberto Bolaño. All right. About what? The oh, femicides? God. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> okay. it could be. Because I was, you know, all right. Okay. I was gonna say that sounds like some bullshit that Connie would say. Be like, yeah, I told the truth. <laughs> I got fingers pointed at me, and danger of it. And it's like, oh. and I lived. All right, Kim Ye matters. Okay, here is your second to last one, Daniel. Mm-hmm. But every single damn thing matters. Only we don't realize. We just tell ourselves that art runs in one track and life, our lives in another, and we don't realize that's a lie. Roberto or Kanye? Ah, uh, Jesus Christ! I have no idea. And it's like Kanye, because I feel like the last couple were Bolaño. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Toots! That was Bolaño. All right. Okay. Is there one more? There's one more. Okay. By the way, I think uh, whatever it is right now, I think I think uh, if there's eight, I probably got five or six wrong at this point. Okay. Yeah. You know, this one's worth five points. Okay. You know what should be banned? Stuff that's whack. The world is controversial. The world is classist. The world is racist. All right, you're trying to trick me out there. Uh, but that has to be Kanye. <laughs> yes. How wonderful would it have been if Rolano wrote the words, you know what should be banned? Stuff that's whack. Stuff that's whack. And I'll yes. like, like oh, okay. No. It's Bolaño. Oh, all right. Yay. Trick question. That was actually Sylvia Plath. Oh, okay. No, Sylvia Plath. She was, she was like, she was up. She was like, she cared about what was whack or not. That's very true. Yeah, hey, she, I mean, she wrote for Vogue. She did? Yeah. I believe it was Vogue. All right. But part of the, part of the bell jar famously is that Sylvia Plath was an intern for um, Vogue and such. Yeah, that's right. I remember. I remember. Yeah. One of these days we're going to fucking read that. want to read it like well, we'll after God Yeah, after what's it called? Solitude. All right. Daniel. Yes. In jest, you win. In truth, you lose. But I think everyone Woo! truly wins. Yay! Good job, bro. Hey, man. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think about any of those quotes, but I'll just kind of blending in with one another. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I had an inkling. I was going to make a game about fictional Nazis, but then I decided to just go with Bologna quotes. And after I read a few of them, I'm like, oh, you know who would be great? Kanye. <laughs> I tell you what, all you out there who think that, well, I was going to say like Bologna should be as big as Kanye, but I feel like Kanye is not really cool right now yeah he's a little more hated than normal. yeah he is it's really weird what's going on. anyway gabriel anyway, that was a very good game good job daniel uh and we're gonna take that 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 goodness and move on to the final section we're gonna do final thoughts cool uh, what's the hazy memories and then talk about what we're gonna read next Shoots. gabriel throw us a break okay be right back welcome back what up, pimps? Dear listener readers. How are you? To slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by books. Here, the conversation's always on reading. Sorry, it's definitely a burp. It's fine. It's always on... Uh, it's always on uh, fucking uh, wine. It's always on Homeboy. metafiction. Yeah. Daniel, do you think if I started a Twitch Prime channel, a Twitch channel, where I made cocktails and played um, uh, JRPGs, it would be successful? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that'd be fun. I sure. think I'm amusing. Do you do you like do you talk in a language that's like that's like 
friendly to like teenagers. I say yeet. I mean like not kids, teenagers. I guess that is the primary know? thing. I don't know. What like, a strange world we live in. It is a strange world. I don't know. Anyway, um, so that said, yeah, we talk about books. Yeah, final thoughts, Daniel. Uh, on um, the, I, I still have so many more questions for you. Well, no, go ahead and go ahead and ask them. Like, mm-hmm. I may do my best to answer, but sure. yeah. Well, first of all, how much of this book have you read? Uh, I think technically all of it. Technically all of uh, it. When I read it the first time, I read like it was really easy to get into, and you get drawn into it. But um, I think the fault of this, because this is, by the way, his quote unquote second novel, if you can mm. call this a novel. Interesting. Um, like again, like uh, this was like '96 when it came out originally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, by the way, th- in like the height of the femicides going on in Mexico, guys, look it up. Uh, but no, th- this came out then. So like, it's like he's clearly still like he's not as quote unquote commercial as he is in fucking Savage Detectives, sure. which is not, yeah, it's you know, not at all commercial. It's an oxymoron a little bit, but yeah. um, technically it is. It was yeah. a huge book. This this feels <laughs> so much more experimental than yeah. most other things you read that I know you read. Yeah, no, this is this is way more in yeah, no, th- like this is like what I mean like the the Borgesian thing. This is somewhere between Borges, somewhere between that and like something Garcia Marquez would do. Yeah. Like And and like may I again throw in like like there's a there's a hint of Lovecraft in this that You, you know what? Sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Go, <laughs> or or a guy who wrote Yellow King, like his thing. Yeah, like there there is a dread in here. And yeah. uh it's there's almost a dread there's a dread um like punctuated by like like mundanity. Yeah. Um. Well, let me tell you. And like, uh, uh, you know, I've always I've been talking about this for like fucking ten goddamn years or whatever at this uh-huh. point to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing this, but do it for the listeners. One of my uh, favorite books is Twenty Six Sixty Six, the mm-hmm. first book I read of his. And again, I can't stress enough. It's fucking. It's. Why it's, did you pick it up the first time? I because around that time you and I were like we're like twenty two, yeah, like twenty one in New York, it, it was and early I was mid-20s. getting I was getting really deep into Marquez and into Juno Diaz, and then you were like, "Have you read Bolaño? Was I, it George? Was our I friend? Think George it, I think it was our friend George who was like super into this and was like really excited that I was going to read it. And again, like it was something that like it was almost something that I would have picked up and dropped again because it is this really huge, dark. It's a fucking tone. complex book. And, like, it begins talking about, like, some fucking art critics. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? And mm-hmm. then it, it kind of, and that's kind of how this begins, the story, this, yeah. the story read, where it, like, it begins and it's just talking about, like, some poets or whatever. And just like, what the fuck is this? Uh-huh. And then, like, it takes a moment and then, like, something happens. Not, not necessarily, like, in this, like, a murder happens, which is, I can't stress enough, doesn't really happen in the rest of the book. Yeah. Um, Like, so, Wild. something happens and it picks it up and whatnot, but... Uh, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> well, so um, why did you pick a Bolaño? And and sub question yeah. to it. Well, sub note to it that I think you've always been a little bit more interested in poets than I have been. Yeah. Like like personally, the authors I love don't talk too much about the poetry they've enjoyed. Like yeah. for you, the the language in an economy mm-hmm. is a lot more prevalent in like the literature you read versus me, which I like. Um, voice led very narrative driven like narration yeah no th- that's actually a really good point because like uh i've noticed even though i don't really read poetry mm-hmm. all of my favorite authors are not are poets i'm sorry yeah like he like bologna would describe himself as a poet mm-hmm. cormac mccarthy describes himself as a poet even though exactly. he doesn't publish any fucking poetry that's surprising um, yeah, no, he has a big book filled of terrible poetry somewhere uh, it, uh terrible i would dare it's like, great poetry. how dare you sir yeah, bukowski didn't start till he was like 60 no, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is He literally hasn't released. Anyway, um, it's something that didn't really click until now with me. I'm yeah. sorry. That's a big thing uh-huh. in my mind. But, <laughs> uh, you know, your your Hemingway's and your Jim Harrison's. Jim Harrison was yeah. a massive. He was like he's like a cerebral poet like this, mm-hmm. like this schlubby fucking dude with one eye who talks about being fat and eating food. Like sure. is like this kind of like 
academic poet. Yeah. Um, but that said, like, no, it is it is the language in like in in their fiction and whatnot in their prose. Uh, they tend to like it seeps into there and it becomes like this beautiful story that is basically kind of um, told in the language as much as it is like character and action. No, I, that makes um, absolute sense. And like that's that's how and like that's the thing that I really really that like fucking gets me hard. Um, I knew it. And I just fucking jerking We're off the whole two time. Two men wearing sweatpants in a closet. We're talking about talking Nazi about literature. Books. <laughs> Nazi literature. But no, that's, that's, uh, that's what it is. And like, that, that is very interesting to me. And, uh, and again, like, uh, I never would have pegged you as the guy being like, no one's talked to me more about Bologna than you. Yes. And that's not because I hang out with you all the time. Even though, yeah, and funny enough, like I've I've met somebody in the past who was like, like, yeah, someone talked to me about Bologna all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like George back in the day, he read all the Bolognos essentially. He, yeah. Okay, like this and Savage. That Texas. makes sense. Yeah, back then. Yeah, I know. So, like, yeah, that's. What, I'm sorry. Was that? Was that? Was that pretty much it? That was okay. my curiosity about this book and you. It's yeah. Just that, that, like, I, I, I appreciate your attempt to pad this by having me read the most exciting story in the collection yeah. but it kind of backfired or maybe it worked because now I want to read the whole thing yeah, I tell you yeah, like I I'm in it. no urgency to do so I for me I, yeah for me it's it's I have like after this and I, I keep buying Bologna books and I stopped doing it but I haven't read them mm-hmm. like I have like Blind Night in Chile Blind Night in Chile Blind Night in Chile Blind Night in Chile I have uh, uh, Savage Detectives and I hadn't really picked them I hadn't really given them the time but after this I'm just like not only am I gonna, do I really want to fucking read those, I really want to get Distant Star, the novelization of the story that we read. Mm-hmm. I want to read uh, uh, Last Evenings on Earth. Last, e- Last Evenings on Earth. Like I'm, I'm like on a huge like Bolaño thing. And, and there's like a whole so a bunch of like other like Latin American authors. Like if I can say his name right, Cesar Era. Um, not familiar. Yeah, he's not as well known, but like. Uh, he's also a big dude and Bologna wrote like the introduction of his thing whatever anyway but um and yeah and and like it doesn't it, like I never talk about Bologna being like one of my favorite authors because I couldn't say that he is I read one fucking novel of his sure um but like yeah this is this is it's an object of curiosity for you. Yeah, no, totally. And it's something I'm super interested. But um, I'm sorry, Gabriel. Yeah. Like, I, like, honestly, it was one of those things where it's like, I really want him to either read, like, that first section or that one story I was talking about with Pope, yeah. with uh, in, whatever, everything like that. And maybe I should have gone with my gut. Well, Daniel, reaction. you succeeded. Um, For the rest of my life, there will be a seed implanted in my brain, which is the words, read all of Nazi literature in the Americas. Yes. Because prior, <laughs> was, prior, I was like, Daniel wants me to read a fucking Nazi bibliography by Bologna? <laughs> Well, All right. I tell you what. You know what also doesn't do it? The cover. The cover does not do it. There's there's a lot of there's like half the bigger books by Bolaño mm-hmm. have beautiful covers. Yeah. Gabriel, the the cover of Savage Detectives. Yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, cover of twenty six sixty six. Yeah, the cover twenty six sixty six is like this beautiful like baroque or like romantic painting. Yeah, but something very very specifically like Central American. You yeah, know? but there's something very like futuristic about it at the same time and like gothic as well. Yeah. Um, and like. Nazi literature in the Americas, uh, Amulet, Last Evenings on Earth, all these other stories, Distant Star even, they have like these like black and white Very grungy, bland covers. They're grungy. Um, they can be grungy and bland at the, the same time. The cover makes it look like some kind of like horror novel yeah. specifically. Um, it's like, imagine like Borges' like Labyrinth having a cover like this yeah. and like it doesn't really. If connect. it had an extremely mundane cover to give me an idea of what I'm getting into, I would have probably like subconsciously wanted to get more into it something that says comedy 
Yeah, satire. Satire, even. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing satirical about that cover. Yeah, like... Daniel, please describe it for the listeners. Yeah, no, for for people who uh, are... Those fucking out, out there who are too Who lazy aren't in this closet up, wearing uh, sweatpants? And don't feel like looking it up. Oh, my God. Um, No, it is like this grainy black and white picture of, like, a shirtless man, like, storming out of a room. He's hunched over, and there's something just kind of, like, ominous and threatening about it. Yeah. Like... And the back is, like pink and white stripes and the back is pink and white stripes they should have reversed the cover in the back yeah like it, it, it needed to be i don't know yeah like i feel like at some point down the line um there there's there's going to be like better covers for like some like the quote-unquote like lesser bologna books or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah um anyway i uh, dig it well so um daniel what are your final thoughts on this book on I, this short story uh, I feel Carlos Ramirez. I, I feel like those are kind of those those have that kind of it? been my final. No, I mean I've been talking for a while about how I feel about this. That said, like uh, no, I you read this at first you're just like what the fuck is going on, and then a murder happens like what, and then like this really fucking eerie and ominous and absolutely upsetting like off screen murder happens of two young women, mm-hmm. and then like and then by the time that the like the again like Bologna doesn't go too far he doesn't describe what are in the pictures he doesn't even tell you what are on the pictures you just know what's there yeah I reread that that section multiple times being like did he say what it was and I missed it he didn't but it's in your fucking mind and that's unsettling it's the sisters um oh and I'm sorry real quick about what you said before I got really excited yeah. uh and apparently in one of his book which is by the way called the seeds of evil sure um the seeds full the seeds full if I got this now I feel like I didn't fuck what? Right, whatever um what? the in that there is a uh, it is fiction and nonfiction and there's an essay called the uh, Cthulhu myth myth uh, the mythology of Cthulhu I think it's called sure actually I forget what it's it kind is of nice, like reversal of it all but uh, but basically it is entirely not about Lovecraft or Cthulhu it is about Latin American literature <laughs> awesome but it's called the Cthulhu like mythos or whatever yeah so like it's kind of funny bringing like yeah no this is also why like. I'm sorry that I'm going for fucking too long, but um, uh, go on longer. But the, commit real quick, like why Lovecraft is interesting to talk about, like his sense of horror and dread, and like this existential like threat. It's kind of more. It's really important to literature, even though the stories aren't necessarily good. Yeah, the, the, I mean, like we've talked about this at length. Yeah. Lovecraft intentionally bores you to death. Before I would dare say, I wouldn't say. I think he really I mean, does, because yeah. like, because those stories, especially some some of like the longer ones, are so fucking boring. And then they lull you into the realization that like you don't accept something to be cosmologically horrifying mm-hmm. until you've established a reality of a scientific mind and a banality. Yeah, like the, yeah, this like like if if you if you went right for Cthulhu, it would be a science fiction adventure. Instead, you write about a man who loses his mind because he discovered in the day-to-day minutia that life is wrong. Yeah, we should do. We should seriously, like, like relatively soon, just do like Call of Cthulhu. Sure. I, f- I feel like um, what are we Innsmouth? Yeah, we did um uh, the the thing of Innsmouth. Shadow 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 over Innsmouth. Whatever the yeah, fuck I don't know what the fuck its name was. Um, but uh, like we did that like in the, one of the early episodes. I think it'd be nice to kind of. Like, I believe in that episode we also discussed the Dark Tower movie. Haha! <laughs> really? Yeah, great episode, everyone. Listen to that one. Oh, but if you want to hear us be sloppy, be sloppy, which is when, back when we were back when good we were fools. Back when we were doing things like uh uh uh, uh things you like are difficult to get into, like Nazi literature in the Americas. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Anyway, so I said I wasn't going to into it because I've been talking for so long. So clearly, I threw it off to you immediately. Cool beans. Uh, Gabriel, final thoughts because it seems like you had like a rough time yeah, with this. It, it was not an easy read for me. That um, multiple times I was like, I would be li- like lying in bed reading. And I'd be like, come on, what is, what is this? All right. 
How many more pages? That's many more pages? What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What, what's happening now? Oh, shit. I've been skimming. Okay, I better go back. <laughs> okay. I didn't miss anything, but some place setting. Okay, that's cool. All right, whatever. Photographs? Yeah, okay. It was that, it went on that pattern for uh-huh. a very long time. Um, again, again, this is on me and a little bit on you, if I okay, may. Okay, no, no, totally. I, I, I wish you had handed this book to me and said, remember, this is satire. It's supposed to be strange. Yeah. And like, because I, yeah. I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah. And I, I'm I, like, is this boring on purpose? And it <laughs> kind yes. of, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it yeah. is. I wish I'd known that. Um, And no, no. And here's the, here's the other thing that I realized also kind of like reading about like hearing uh, also people who like know how to describe what this book is. Sure. Cause like, I, even if you go to last episode and hear me kind of like really briefly be like, Oh, Nazi literature in the Americas. It's like, it's like this book where like, sometimes you feel bad for these people. Then you remember that they're Nazis. Yeah. Like it's kind of hard to describe sometimes. Uh huh. So, and also it had been a while since I'd picked it up as well. So like to describe it as satire would be like, Oh, that's the fucking, that oh, was the word. I that, was is, think of. that is the word. That is what I should have led with. Yeah. So, Cause so, like, yeah. like I didn't realize it was satirical until very, until, basically the end of the story although to be honest this one is like the least satirical like like, it it gets into a detective story and a bit of a thrilling element but all the stuff with the skywriting i'm like where's what okay and he's in jail who's in jail yeah all all of a sudden there all of a sudden this this like third person bibliographer all of a sudden becomes the character yeah so it was it was difficult to to come in on this story yeah uh, uh, yeah, no, it is kind of like the Borges thing where, like, it takes a moment to kind of figure out what the fuck he's trying to say. Yeah, there's, there's something very labyrinthine about the way, like, even if it's not immediately apparent, there's something that's being eked out word by word that you only get the full picture by the end. That, and, like, and that's that's impressive. I would never, ever fault the writing is, or call it, like, like unskilled. It's yeah. pretentious as fuck. Oh, fuck but yeah. It's it's a feature, <laughs> not a bug. So, I mean, the highest praise I can give it is that now I want to read the rest of it. Yeah. And uh, and Gabriel, even though this was like it had it, it clearly had its kinks and everything like that. I'm really glad to have been like, here's this book. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I'm glad because like, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think nothing would make Borges happier than you had that reaction. I'm so glad you read you. this and you're just like, what the hell, man? What the fuck, guy? That is the thing. And like, and again, I, I'm sure you can kind of tell, like, I'm very excited to talk about this. This Yeah, is, this, you've been talking about him for 10 years. I, I've been talking about him for 10 years, and like, I stopped talking about him recently, and then like, I'm just like, guys, this fucking thing is nuts, man. Uh-huh. But anyway, but uh, Gabriel, one last thing we'd have to do with this particular story. It's a little <laughs> thing called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Gabriel, uh, brought to you by our, our, our old buddy, Shawnee B. Horny from the Woodbrown Podcast. Yes, please check out the uh, Whip Around podcast, our dear friend Shawnee B. Horny, and all the other cast there. Um, for all your weird news and needs every Whip Around Wednesday, they're cool dudes. They are not the fuck show. Yeah. Also, if you want, you can ask them if they do. Uh, uh if they they're really into Nazi literature in the Americas. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Gabriel. Uh huh. So years from now, when you think back to reading this story, what is going to be the first thing that pops in your head? Quick, now. Um. It's going to be the irritation, okay. followed by the amusement. I think the image is going to stick with me longer. It's going to be uh, the photographs thing, because it, it reminds me, 
Daniel, what's the name of the guy who wrote the Yellow King stories? Oh, no fucking idea. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, his the, name? Like, He's not very well known. Yeah. Um, it, it, Yellow King was actually like, um, I'm telling King you. King of Yellow, Robert W. Chambers. Okay. The King of Yellow was essentially kind of like absorbed into the Cthulhu mythos, essentially. Yeah, and also fleshed out in modern times by True Detective. And yeah, it was recently appropriated into True Detective, totally. Um, yeah. And like, so like, yeah, I've, I've never. I'm, I'm, for me, like that was the tone this took on for me very yeah. early on. Once I realized what was happening. It's someone describing something very, very banal that ends up being murderous and dark and not quite comprehensible. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the normality of a serial killer. So I'm gonna think about like like the the sisters and well, particularly the photograph scene. Yeah, where they describe in a lot of detail, like like this this aristocratic famous woman the one beautiful woman who comes in mm-hmm. she's the first to see the photos comes out she's immediately, of course the first person of course yeah. the first person <laughs> wonderful touch and she immediately vomits and like leaves on shaky feet but yeah. can't describe what she saw and and then what follows is like this this funny little scene almost of the guys in the room being like where are all the women is some kind of sausage fest someone get some <laughs> whores in here yeah and then guys walk in the room one at a time and everyone's like comes out like shaken and yeah. like, like pale and unable to comprehend what just happened. And it's a it's a great if the whole story had been this one little anecdote. Yeah, I probably would, it would have read like a chamber story, and I I think I might have uh I don't know I might have like immediately might have immediately gripped me. Yeah, but it's better than that, and that's the thing that's gonna stick with me. Yeah, it's better for having been fleshed out to these other extremes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like boringly, his name was actually Ron Ramirez, but he was also Amelia Stevens. And the two girls, one did sociology, one did psychology. And then they get murdered. And then, then their, then their aunt got stabbed in the thro- in the heart. He thought about slitting her throat, but it was the heart. This guy who you know nothing about and don't know how to feel about him because at this point he's just a poet who just like like was a poet, vanished for a while, came back, was hanging out, and then he goes into the madame's room and cuts her, and like stabs her in the throat or something like that. Yeah. yeah. At one point during the skywriting. I closed the book, looked at the front, opened it again, and I'm like, what, where, "Where's the Nazi shit?" <laughs> yeah, and again, like uh, some, there's also sections in this where like it's like it doesn't get like these people aren't any more any more quote unquote Nazi ish than yeah. like than this. They're where, not like Indiana Jones Nazis. Like they're referred to as basically being like sympathizers, or you get the sense that like are these guys like secretly Nazis or something like that? Is that might be Nazis? And then it just like it's like it just leaves you that and stares you in the eye, being like, "You don't know." <laughs> Daniel, what is your hazy memory? You know, uh, you said it just there where like, yeah, no, specifically this this quote unquote art show where basically he uh, he lets all these people in to say like, this is the future of art um, kind of. And like, and yeah, it is like a dis- it is like a display of like pictures of like murder and death and everything. And we presume and, and we presume it might have been all a bunch of sexy nudes of him. It could just be his dick. over and over. Yeah. Now I'm <laughs> But uh, no, and like that and him describing as the future of art kind of like, again, kind of going back to our, when we talked about in cold blood about how like there's these horrific murders that kind of like define a generation between Jack the Ripper in cold blood, the, uh, the, Manson, the murders. Manson murders and everything like that. And it's just like, there is this unsettling thing basically being like, is that the, like some in like, I hate to get all Bologna fucking about this shit, but like, hey. it's like, there's so much about like, like horrific murders that captures like the attention of an entire fucking nation. I mean, how could it not and, though? Considering like people, people are like, become obsessive about these things. And like, it honestly really does. Like it does define a thing. Like, I think about it as, um, edging for life. Edging for life? What? Yeah. <laughs> you want to think about the edge, but then you turn back. Okay. 
And then you just fucking blast it everywhere. Oh, Jesus Christ. Terrible. What? Uh, <laughs> I use no very graphic terms. It's much like, uh, uh, what's his face? Hoffman with his, with his uh, uh, you know, the pictures and everything. Correct. You know, you know what's on there. Mm-hmm. It's in your mind. Yep. Which is horrifying. Like spanking it all over Hugo. Okay. Gabriel. Yes, Dan. Uh, as much as I would love to talk about Bologna forever, mm-hmm. uh, we can't. Let me set this aside. That'll be season two of our YouTube show. Yeah. <laughs> well, God, edging, be, edging forever. miserable for me. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, you have a selection for next week. I do indeed, Daniel. So, um, as I mentioned before, um, we're, we're, we're kind of be, um, we're going to be doing a lot of short stories coming up soon. Yeah. And, um, I picked up a copy of Alice Munro's Dear Life at mm-hmm. the Iliad Bookshop. Once again, if you're in the California, Los Angeles area, Southern California, check out the Iliad Bookshop. It's one of the best books I've ever been to. It's fucking heaven. And I've uh, I've been looking up good short story writers because I don't read much short fiction. Yeah. And Alice Munro came up again and again. And in fact, her 2012 collection, Dear Life, won the Nobel Prize in Literature. Uh-huh. Dana, I was going to ask you to read the last four short stories of the collection because right. it is her memoir. It's the closest thing she's ever done to a memoir. It's 60 pages of short stories. Okay. And uh, so I'll, actually, I'll give you an option. So either you can read that because it sounds fascinating to me because I read the first story in the collection, uh-huh. um, to reach Japan, mm-hmm. beautiful, very, very uh, Graham Greeny, and a uh, very uh, little bit of like a little bit of a, uh, gosh, Shirley Jackson without the death, and <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll also have you read a short story called Gravel, which is one of the best. But if you are very open to reading the sixty pages that uh-huh. end the book of her memoir. Um, I was thinking maybe I would have you read Gravel, the short story, to guide us in. And then if we both like it, we will do next time the last four short stories. Okay. No, I mean, like, it's like, no, I'm up for either or. I know nothing about Alice Me Monroe. neither. It's, I did no she, research. She's on her. like that name you see fucking yeah. everywhere. A bit like Isabella Allende. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, she's a person. She does very well for herself. I have n- I know nothing about her. And then her. you find out she's a Nobel Prize winner, and you're like, damn. <laughs> I you made. Know, let's, let's go with gravel. I made the uh, the, 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 the shitty, um, <laughs> like, like, kind of like cutting sarcastic, like, like stand up comedian kind of thing, where it's like, oh, won the Nobel Prize. And I, I was like, oh, I guess they give it to everybody. Hey. Yeah, not to not to, that's not a thing. It's just like a joke, yes. whatever. Fuck off. Well, fuck okay. off, you listeners. I like the reading. Let's do gravel, and then okay. if if I'm gonna leave it to you. If you like gravel, let's do the last four stories because yeah, like no, it's, I, it's kind of different. We, like, she has had a long career of short fiction, and we'd be starting for very end. Okay, no, I'm. Um, let's uh, let's let, you know, let's go for that. Because uh, I'm I'm a free gravel. Let, it is. Let's go for that. And Gabriel. Before we do this final thing where we do plugs, huh? I just have to say I can tell from both the way that both of us are talking, we're both fairly drunk. Totally. <laughs> totally. And I just want to point that out to listeners because it's like it's like, man, these guys are talking very frantically they and don't kind know of that. slurring their words. And you can't see Gabriel like talking about this book and he's like talking like this and like pulling Up and it out down. And like Am that. I off mic a bunch? It's uh, off mic a little bit. Or mainly like his hands, you can see like that. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> no, I just want to say it's like if you're getting that kind of sensation about both of us, it's like, let me tell you, listeners. We really didn't drink that much. You're fucking Are right. we getting old? No, to be fair, I haven't eaten since breakfast. Oh yeah, me neither. So I think that's that's the real thing about it. We just I had two glasses of wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So did you. Same. Okay. So we just want to point that out, listeners, uh, that that's what's going on. In which on. case, mind your fucking business. Mind your fucking business. Also, Jesus. This, this was supposed to be a short episode. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> We're going on for like, oh, oh my God, a long episode. Yeah, this is like going to be an hour 20 episode. <laughs> you know what, guys? Deal with it. I hope you love it. I uh, hope you we love, love it. We love you. Listen, this is a hangout show. 
this is basically and i'm joking every time i say like deal with it or or hey you listeners fuck you like no that's the joke yeah we, we appreciate we we appreciate hanging that's out how you know you. we're drunk yeah you can because we start apologizing for ourselves we start explaining the joke <laughs> exactly pretty much <laughs> right. daniel yes. how about you plug for our listeners okay oh i'm going first this is, this is so strange i know um gabriel you can follow me of course on twitter at topgout radio yes uh on instagram at slow readers where Tuts. i'm mostly active even though i haven't been all that active since uh 2020 and shit <laughs> But uh, also, you can. I want to redirect everybody out there, not to redirect. I want to direct people out there that I have my fiction available at all ebook retailers, which totally. are available right now The Shadow from the Deep, and also A Cook in the Kingdom. Whoop, whoop. And also, you can buy those paperback, them in paperback form on Amazon. Yeah. Gabriel, plug, please. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self Evident Asian America Stories. It is a cultural heritage documentary podcast about Asian American lives. Um, I produced episode three, the talk we were supposed to have. Um, I'm very proud of it. It's about my life. So um, it was featured on the AV Club. So I'm very, very, very proud of that. So go nuts on that thing. Um, Follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read like reading a book. Daniel gave me a look. What, what was the look? What? No, I, I just looked at the cover and I was like, it's a picture of just someone with his feet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was the look I saw. It was. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, like, I looked at Gabe, I looked, wait, I looked at the cover, looked at Gabe, and I was like, what did I see? Like, Daniel, like, looked at me with, like, like a, a bright eyed grin in his face, then went back to the book confused. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a look up basically being like, I finally, like, really took in what this is a cover of. Yes. And, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that was my reaction. Feet. Be like, what did I see? Yes, correct. Okay. Um, do one thing for us. Press one button. That's all I'm asking. Press one button for our show. Press follow. Plus, um, plus. Press Clap. subscribe or press a star count. Um, preferably five, whatever you want. All you have to do right now, unless you're driving, is look at your iPhone, look at your Android, pick up your phone, and press one button for us. Or, if you can be bothered, write us a review. We need your reviews, guys, to survive and thrive. Mm. Um, and then that's about, about all about it. Plus, it really help. It really reaches out to us and makes us appreciate what it is. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, every time we get a review or a five star rating or everything like that, we're just like, look at that. People like what we do. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. Also, tell us, tell us how our driving is on our fiction as well. Like, uh, Cooking the Kingdom suddenly has five stars on Amazon. I was nice. like, where'd that come from? Good job, Daniel. Yeah, thank you very much. You and and it. whoever is out there, I'm glad you re- re- enjoyed it. <clears throat> Kick ass, Gabriel. I can barely talk. I think we need to end the show. <laughs> Sounds good. Cut the, cut bye, the, everyone. Right, bye, I punched everyone. the mic. Oh, my God. All right. Bye, everyone. Take that, Mike. See you next time. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com.